0: Okay, guys, so as promised, I am going to start doing some small topical things that we just have not looked at before, and I really thought this was going to be an easy one. I, a couple of weeks ago, gave a little bit of my own hypothesis that increased water probably does lead to extra fat loss, and my, my, I posited that it would, was probably just on the cellular hydration level and that that would probably improve cellular efficiency, which could improve uh, cellular metabolism. And that was part of it, but I was actually pretty shocked how much this has been studied and in what ways. So I will, I will definitely go through all of this stuff for you guys, and um, I'm going to try and be pretty quick through some of the weeds so we can get into what really matters but th- this particular set of researchers, let me see if I can get this to turn, uh, they, they, had a, they had a very similar, almost cynical view in that even though this was pretty recent, 2015, uh, I think they, they pretty much did all of their research in 2014. Uh, Because they commented later in the study that even while they were waiting for publication, there were some more recent studies that did not make it into the review, yet they did provide some commentary. So here's here's the rub. Here's here's why this particular group was interested in doing a, a complete, and I mean really complete, literature review of the topic, is because as I mentioned in my post, everybody just assumes drink more water, drink more water, drink more water. It's going to help you lose body fat. And they started looking at it, and there are just as many studies that show that increasing water does not help you lose body fat. And in a lot of instances, it even increases body fat or weight gain in in weird, nuanced ways. So they wanted to look at all of this, and and I think this really shows some brilliance in some researchers in that it's very common now for researchers to say, don't just look at the trend line. Don't look at the data points and say, you know, here's what we're finding. But instead, look for these outliers. Look at some of the cases, some of the subjects, maybe some of the studies that show something else, because sometimes that does lead to some really good, useful information. So they, they just thought, OK, we've got this, this collection, hundreds and hundreds of studies on the effectiveness of water and what it really does for for weight loss specifically. We know hydration helps with overall health in different ways, but when it comes to weight loss, why are there just no really solid conclusions? And more so, why does every single science agency in the world say drink more water and yet there's no evidence for it in terms of weight loss? So they wanted to dig in. They did uh, an impressive amount of research, I'm sorry, of of statistical analysis. Uh, In the next slide, I'll show you guys just, I'm not gonna really show you a a ton, but I I will tell you, if you go back to the actual literature review, like they sifted through the criteria, their inclusion criteria, and really categorize it in incredible ways. So uh, again, when I picked this topic and I even looked at this initial review, I thought this is going to be simple. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to read this. I'll have a PowerPoint ready in an hour. I've probably got eight hours in this thing already, uh, you know, just looking through this one study because they compartmentalized everything so well. So what in general, what people have looked at in the past when looking at does increasing your water help with weight loss? The first one in this, I have a couple of sarcastic comments in this presentation here and there because- This is kind of one of those like, you know, does water replacing sugary drinks help with weight loss? If I'm drinking a two liter of Mountain Dew every day and I replace that with water, will it help me lose weight? But really, that is a legitimate question, because sometimes people who consume liquid calorie dense drinks, they may actually eat less food. And so it may either not change overall energy intake or it could even decrease so it you know on its face value it kind of made me laugh but then i thought well you know with within reason a certain amount it could be a legitimate thing to look at and and so they they looked at that uh different forms of sugar uh fructose is different than fructose blends or or just table sugar or uh, other things like artificial sweeteners they even looked at different types of calorie liquids that you could be replacing with water, uh, including some amino acid type ones heavy in whey. They, they wanted to look at all kinds of different contexts, like what happens when you um, eat, you know, a, a restricted diet. You know, are people in a calorie deficit or are they eating? um, you know, whatever they want. That's one of the contexts they looked at. I, I just saw that my internet was unstable there for a second. So I'll repeat that, but they looked at different contexts, such as if people were eating ad libitum, whatever they want, or if they were restricted, if they were in a hypo diet, they looked at, uh, children versus adults. But one of the things that nobody has really investigated, at least at the time of this literature review was, was how and why, and for who, and in what context, like if, if we can make a claim that, that water consumption in a certain way will aid in a certain amount for fat loss. Let's figure this out because there are way too many studies out there that are conflicting and nobody's really hunting down the exact answer. So that's what their goal was. That's why I picked this particular review. Um, so again, what they've shown and they looked at in their inclusion criteria, hundreds of studies And it was almost just an equal amount that showed no effect, weight loss, or weight gain. And that's one of the things that I talked about at the end, after we get through some of the mechanisms of how this might work in all the different contexts, just in a practical way, does drinking more water help you lose weight or not? So that's what we'll get to. Uh, But as I said, it's, if you just picked one study or 10 studies or a hundred studies to review, you'd probably get a lot of conflicting information. So here here are some of the variables that they wanted to consider in in even selecting for their inclusion criteria, which studies would they even look at and include in their literature review. Um, Number one is when you consume water and, and you have to think of it like this, Are you just increasing water? Are you replacing other drinks? If you're increasing water, when and how much are you doing it right before a meal? Are you using a liter, half a liter, you know, three, you know, 0.3, you know, there, there are all kinds of measurements they used. Is it directly cellularly increasing fat oxidation? Does it have any impact on body fat distribution, how you lose body fat? Are there psychosocial impacts? So there were some studies, for example, where they would do tests like this, like they would give kids just options. You know, here's your juice, you know, little Johnny or little Susie, plus you have this. And now for the first time ever, we're going to also put a glass of water. So it's just their option, you know, almost like the, you know, Stanford marshmallow study. Uh, those, Those are some kind of tests like that. Uh, some of them, they would actually tell people, you know, you must drink this amount at these times and you're going to be in a calorie deficit or we're not going to control diet whatsoever. So there are different uh, variables like that. Looking at demographics, are there different types of people this could work for? For example, are you obese or normal weight, male or female, older, younger? Uh, are you training hard or not? Are you just trying to maintain your weight or lose weight? Uh, And then, of course, as I mentioned, having uh, restricted food or not. So a lot of these things are how they parsed up the different studies they would look at and then try to statistically compare apples to apples. So they ended up with, I thought it was 138, I guess, 135 randomized controlled studies that they would include. So many, 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 many more that they did not include because they just didn't meet their criteria for being something that they could hang their hat on as as appropriately comparable. Um, And they identified over 440 effects of drinking water. So all of these little variables I'm talking about with with demographic points, different contexts with with people and how to do it, they were cross-referencing and comparing 440 different effects of water. So like I mentioned earlier, this gets really, really complicated. And as a literature review, it's just unbelievably robust in what they looked at. So let's get into um, what I think are the most important discoveries they made. And I'm going to try and, and talk about each individual variable uh, you know, as, as much as we can in a way that, that makes sense to what our goals are. So when does water reduce energy intake? Meaning if I just drink more water, I naturally eat fewer calories. I consume less food Uh, because that's one of the promises. Everybody says, if I drink more water, I'll feel fuller. And so, again, there's all kinds of different ways to do this. There are different, like you could drink water 30 minutes before a meal, an hour before a meal, two hours before a meal. You could drink a bunch of water during your meal, there, you know, a lot of people have different takes on what should be studied and, and even just practiced in real life. Um, when, so, so this is kind of one of those dumb moments when, when you increased water compared to drinking carb solutions, uh, energy intake actually lowered a little bit. So, so water lowered energy intake compared to drinking carb solutions, So I I said that was one of my laughing moments, but then I thought it might make a little bit of sense. In reality, here's where this question is answered. If I take out sugary, high calorie drinks and I replace it with water, it is true that my overall energy intake will go down. So when I said that maybe some people who are drinking high sugar or high calorie drinks might actually eat less food because they're keeping blood sugar stable, that's actually not true. They, you know, by, by replacing sugary, high calorie drinks with water, your overall energy intake will go down. So as soon as you have a client or yourself, if you say, man, I'm going to replace I was drinking 64 ounces of Gatorade a day, full sugar Gatorade. I was drinking, a, you know, two monsters a day, full sugar or whatever, you know, and I'm going to replace with water. In mass, most people's energy intake will go down. So that's a good move just to cut out sugary drinks, drink more water. Um, when you increase just, you know, from 0.2 to 0.5 liters uh, to uh, from no delay, to, to a, a two hour preload before meal, when you start messing with those variables. Uh, so for example, let me, let me clean up what I just said. Uh, w- when you do increase your water intake to half a liter and you do it two hours before a meal, all the way up to no delay, all the way up to just drinking the water, then eating your meal. So anytime between right before your meal and two hours prior, if you increase your water intake, then you actually do see in mass people's overall energy intake for the day go down. So it is in fact true that we will eat less if we force a little more water. So I've I've got my water right here and it's just one of those things where I'm going to say, okay, my meals coming up, I'm going to be eating in two hours or one hour or 30 minutes or 10 minutes. If I can drink a half a liter of water and I do that every single meal, I'm going to consume less calories. So that means it's having an effect on hunger. So, you know, check that one off the box. That's going to give us some effect. Uh, More consistently, energy uh, intake is reduced in non-dieting unrestrained eaters. So that's not most of us most of the time. If If we're trying to lose a little bit of body fat, if we're engaged in intentional weight loss, if we're in contest prep or anything like that, then we're dieting and we are restrained eaters. So we're not as consistent. Water intake may not help us as much. Matter of fact, I will tell you that, uh, with more overweight people who are more sedentary, increasing their water had proportionally more impact on energy intake. So, you know, that's one of those things that you can tell somebody is a good first step, you know, okay, you're, you're, you're overweight, you're not exercising, you're kind of brand new to wanting to increase your fitness level, decrease weight. All we have to do is start increasing water and good things will happen. Like that's the population that it helps the most. doesn't mean it doesn't help those of us who are dieting or already fit, but it just kind of scales in that direction. Um, Incidentally, it also helps um, when you're actually kind of seated and at rest. And so this brings up one of those psychosocial impact points in where if I'm being more quote mindful with my food and I sit down and I drink my water and then I eat my meal, I'm going to eat less food. So a a point to the cognitive behavioral therapists who say, you know, sit down, relax chew your food slowly, you know, be mindful of how you eat. If you include extra water consumption in that kind of mindful eating practice, it's easier to even eat less. And again, I'm going to show you in a little bit that that goes back to just kind of the hypothalamic control of hunger. It just allows blood sugar levels of blood amino acid, blood lipid levels to go up a little bit before you get that push away from the table reflex. And, and that means that your overall hunger will actually uh, come down a little bit. Uh, now, so here's, here's one thing that I thought was funny, just because I have a 15 month old grandson. Uh, this makes I don't, I don't think it makes a lot of sense. It's kind of counterintuitive until you think about it, but when kids are drinking like sugary drinks, so in their little sippy cups, they've always got, you know, some kind of a juice or something when they're drinking something with sugar. So they're it's not just water, they're hydrating with a sugary, higher calorie drink. They will actually eat more. And so it's almost like you know that taste of sugar starts really stimulating their need for more. It could be kind of an insulin reaction, depending on dosage. Um, but just a little tip, you know, if you if you have kids, to say you know, hey, at least in between meals, let's not drink a bunch of sugary stuff because that just makes them want to eat higher sugary, higher calorie meals. So that was uh, that was when water intake does reduce energy intake. So for the studies, the whole compilation of studies that said, Hey, we figured it out. Increasing water intake decreases energy, uh, you know, intake. And so therefore it's a good thing to do now here, here are kind of a list of the, of the studies, or at least their, their principles when drinking water doesn't necessarily reduce our, our food intake water versus artificially flavored drinks. You know, we talked about that at one point, uh, artificial sweeteners and that kind of thing. Uh, and, uh, in fact, when coupled, this was a specific point One of our clients had was when I have artificial sweeteners, like if I'm going to have a diet, Dr. Pepper, this was, this was his exact question would it be better to drink that diet Dr. Pepper with a meal or in between meals based on what artificial sweeteners do for hunger? And his supposition based on what we went over in that research review was I should probably consume it with a meal. And, and we found out in some literature reviews at that point that that's probably true. Maybe it doesn't have that much of of an impact, but, but logically it would, this actually shows the same thing because we know when we consume something sweet, just like the kids who have the sugary drink, that actually stimulates hunger. And if you have sucralose or aspartame or stevia or something like that, it will increase your hunger. Your body gets that little taste of sugar or, or the, what it thinks is sugar. The hypothalamus kicks in and hunger increases. What dampens that response is on the back end when blood sugar is actually coming back up. But if it's an artificial sweetened drink with no calories, no positive energy balance, then the hypothalamus never turns back off. And so people who consume tons of artificial sweetened drinks they just have a lot more hunger. And intuitively, somebody who's got a lot more hunger is probably going to eat more food occasionally. So so here. Replacing water or having water or artificially su- sweetened drinks really made no difference in energy intake um, because you're, 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 we're doing it, we're loading, we're talking about increasing water or increasing this kind of fluid intake with the artificial sweetener before a meal. So these people went into a meal and then that's what, what dampened the hypothalamus. So anyway, that's just, I don't think that's a big deal. You know, don't write that down in stone that, okay, I must consume all my artificial sweetener only before a meal. It's probably incredibly benign and innocuous, but, but occasionally there are people who really do have kind of a hyper response to hunger. I'm one of them when I'm dieting, when my blood sugar is always kind of on the edge, I'm I'm eating less food, I'm dieting. uh, And then I have artificially flavored drinks. If I have a diet Mountain Dew or something. I get really, really hungry and my blood sugar drops like a rock. I mean, it's, it's really tough for me to control my hunger when dieting, when I'm having artificial sweeteners and I just may be a hyper responder in that way. Maybe other people don't have any, any problem at all. So compared compared to no water, Uh, compared to no water, having half a liter pre-meal has no effect for energy intake uh, if subjects were overweight and were past 12 weeks of dieting so I think this gets into just kind of a novelty rule. So those people that I said if they're sedentary, they're just getting started they're, they're not even that active and they start consuming water their energy intake, their food intake goes down after about 12 weeks it kind of comes back up and and I would personally just kind of chalk that up to boredom. I don't think you're you're all of a sudden seeing a physiological change I think you know, it's just it's just one of those things where you just you just get back into those older habits there's also no energy intake impact if overweight subjects consume more or less water during a meal and and that was kind of interesting because some people think that uh, you 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 have these two schools of thought a lot of people hold on to this like old holistic complementary medicine mantra that if you consume water while you're eating, it dilutes your, your enzymes in your stomach and therefore you have poor digestion. That's not true. That's been shown to be not true. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure if you were insane with it, like you're going to drink two gallons of water while you're you're eating. Yeah, I mean, yes, there's going to be impact, but they also showed that in terms of fullness, just sitting because some people say, okay, I'm going to take a bite of my chicken breast and then have a drink of water, take a bite of salad, drink of water. I'm going to do all these things. It's going to increase volume. That didn't really have an impact. You know, it's, if anything, it's just more that mindfulness and routine I talked about in the last slide. So consuming more water or less during the meal didn't really prove to be um, substantial. So now here's what's kind of funny. Can you construct a study where drinking water actually makes people eat more food, where it does the reverse of what you want it to? And I'm not going to say that this really was proven. I I would say at best studies who came to this conclusion probably showed that it was just either a poorly constructed study or, um, you know, it just came out to a null, just a a net zero. But if, if whey or fructose or a fructose sucrose drink is consumed 80 minutes prior to a meal instead of water, energy intake decreases compared to water and and that's because of the blood sugar increase. So so some people like like so again now you're getting back into saying okay I'm going to replace this water with a higher calorie drink. I'm going to use Joe's old hypothesis that maybe having some sugar in a drink keeps your blood sugar stable so you're just not as hungry. So they tried this and, and they would intentionally give people a protein or fructose or fructose sucrose drink. So it's a low glycemic index, wouldn't really mess with insulin. Um, you're looking at what, almost an hour and a half before a meal and, you know, instead of the water. So it's like, we're going to withhold your water instead of that half a liter or so it's going to be a half a liter with this kind of concentrate. And then uh, total energy intake, uh, you know, would decrease, but, but they still over the course of a day, would actually see increases of energy intake. And so, so people would would actually consume more food during this. And I, and I think it's because, again, you're, you're packing a lot of calories between meals now, and then they were still, for, for whatever reason, ad libitum, they were able to eat whatever they wanted. They would just eat a little bit more. But the reason I said I'm not sure this is really a good type of study is you don't have to do either or. If I wanted to have some kind of, calorie base in between meals, some meals, just like a snack. And it could even be liquid. doesn't mean I have to replace it with water. I can still consume more water. And that's just something they didn't really look at. But this is why this meta-analysis framed it as there are so many confusing studies. There are so many studies out there that show that it increases body weight, decreases body weight, or does nothing. And so they wanted to see what exactly water did. So that was on food intake. That was looking at how can we consume water in a way that will naturally make us less hungry and eat less food. Now they wanted to look at studies that that showed what it does to actual energy expenditure. So what's happening to my basal metabolic rate with water? And they, again, looking at different variables, they wanted to see if that if that does something different with exercise or or not exercise if they were you know consuming it with you know com- compared to water water compared to no water water compared to these sugary drinks etc and one of the things that they show this is kind of a simple one that when you consume just water if I drink water does my metabolism go up and the answer is no but when i C- when I drink water and I exercise, does that make my metabolism go up? In other words, it's more of my functional or exercise-induced thermogenesis. And that actually does, um, you know, stand to reason a little bit. Um, if, if, we, if, if we do some exercise and our cells, even our muscle cells are more hydrated, then we can see an increase in in overall energy expenditure. And by the time we're done with this review today, you're going to see that these are all really, really small changes, but they can add up for some people who are really diligent. But a really funny thing here is water intake actually decreases energy expenditure uh, only. And this is where I had to kind of do a little digging and say, this doesn't make sense. What are they talking about? when compared to sugary drinks at rest. So if I'm exercising and I'm slamming a bunch of water, um, then my, my muscle output is better, my, my mitochondria are working more efficiently and I will burn more calories while training. But at rest, it said it doesn't. And I thought it just doesn't make sense. How can, because how can it, it, it's not even that it does little, it actually decreases energy expenditure, but it was only when compared to sugary drinks. So when you consume any calories, you know, thermogenesis happens, the thermic effect of food. So if you're consuming water instead, you're going to have less just normal thermogenesis. So I hope that's not confusing uh, because a lot of people tend to think that when you're healthier and you're leaner and you're eating well, your metabolism goes sky high. You're doing all the right things. So your metabolism blesses you by being higher. And it's actually the opposite. When you're leaner, you're healthier, your heart rate's lower, you're eating controlled amounts of foods, lower glycemic, higher quality foods, your metabolism decreases because a decreased metabolism increases longevity. That's how you live longer. You don't live longer if your heart rate's 80 compared to 40. You live longer if your heart rate's 40. And if your heart rate's 40, that means you're burning fewer calories all day long. So the goal is never just to burn more calories for the sake of burning more calories, having a higher metabolism for the sake of having a higher metabolism. It's comparative. How can I do all of these things right and still be functioning at the highest level of efficiency? So that's the goal. And water intake that the next thing they looked at. So now we've looked at water intake on just on food and hunger, satiety water intake directly on energy expenditure now, at the cellular level, does consuming more water actually make my body fat cells liberate fatty acids better? Am I just naturally going to have more lipolysis because I'm drinking more water? So, again, compared to calorie drinks, of course, because if I drink a high calorie drink, high sugar drink, you know, the, the part of the metabolic switch where now I'm dominantly using more glucose. I'm going to turn away from body fat. So for any studies that said, yes, look, drink more water and you will instantly burn more body fat. If you're comparing it to replacing sugary drinks, then it's a stupid comparison anyway. I mean, that's just, you don't need a study. That's just physiology 101. But if you're comparing drinking more water to drinking less water and you're not having any calorie exchange... Now you're actually comparing apples to apples. And just due to that cellular hydration, this is this is the money shot of this literature review of all the things that they were investigating and trying to see different populations and context what what this may be doing, and they kept seeing different things and it just wasn't clear. I think that's because it's all pretty, benign. I mean, you're just not making that many changes. You're not doing anything that's that's really scientifically interesting or different. But now we're getting somewhere. Now we're going to look at just just water versus just less water, dehydration versus even hyperhydration. When a cell is fully hydrated, every single cell in your body, liver cell, bone cell, skin cell, red blood cell, any cell, when it's better hydrated, more optimally hydrated, uh, a lot of things actually happen. The mitochondria work better, so cellular metabolism does go up. It, you're, that cell preserves glycogen more and will be more likely to utilize fat as energy. Uh, you, you actually have better glucose clearance, so your the Krebs cycle and you know all of the ways that we convert uh, things into usable energy ATP that actually improves, and so we we finally have an answer yes, more water will directly increase lipolysis. But now we have to get into the question, how much is it worth it? How much water should we drink? So the next category they looked at was just actual gross weight loss. If we give these people this kind of you know, water intake and this group, this water intake, and we compare as many like variables as we can, then is there measurable weight loss and especially in a controlled diet? Because if you're giving everybody the same amount of calories and the only variable change is how much water you're giving them. Now we can really see a more, uh, you know, appropriate net effect. So of course, if you're replacing higher calorie drinks, those people saw weight loss. And again, going all the way back to the first category or bucket we looked at, If you replace calorie drinks with water and you're just completely replacing those, your net energy intake is generally going to go down a little bit. But here we go with some nuance. If you're already active and you're not calorie restricted, so you're not really dieting, then in some instances, people would see a little bit of weight loss. I increased my water, didn't really do anything else, didn't focus on anything else, and I just started losing a little bit of water or a little bit of body fat. And part of that may be that direct metabolic effect at the the oxidative level, but uh, some people, you know, saw less, you know, or actually less weight gain. So in in people who were in a hypo, or I'm sorry, sorry, hypercalorie diet, in higher water, they would actually gain less weight. But here's here's where I think we really find something useful: the higher the water intake the more correlation to weight loss because most of these studies would use amounts of water that people listening to me would find pretty pretty benign you know i mean what what is a half a liter of water like a glass and a half and yet i know i have clients carrying around gallons of water drinking 2 gallons a day that kind of thing which i think you get crazy by the way just a quick little psychosocial note on my part um I, I, at one point, this is kind of funny, but I actually banned my staff from drinking water out of a gallon jug in the office. And, and I did it because nothing screams meathead more than carrying around a gallon jug. And so in our facilities that you know have every walk of life coming in and working out and people who are just getting started, the more we show that a healthy lifestyle is difficult, I think it's to our detriment is to our client's detriment. So, you know, we would have clients, we'd have, you know, a housewife or a business executive or a nurse or a teacher come in and say, wow, I have to get like a gallon jug and carry it around and be one of those people. And of course the answer is no, uh, you know, go, go fill up your actual normal size water bottle just once or twice more often a day. And you don't have to carry around nine pounds of water with you everywhere you go. Uh, and and for the reasons I said, you know, I think it just makes it look like, you know, it's a more difficult task than it is. But that aside, the more water you drink, and a lot of these studies did not allow for people to drink more water than I think the average person would. I, I think I think we can get up to a gallon of water a day or four liters, and I, and I think when we do make that a habit by saying okay like I personally, this is a, this is 32 ounces. I have a goal of at certain points of the day, like when I need to be refilling this. And if I get behind, I know that's, that's a, you know, task that I'm failing on for that day. I need, I need to increase my water consumption. And I do that even before reviewing some of this information this week, you know, just because I know for health, even for brain function, especially for my workouts every day, being better hydrated is a healthier thing to do. Uh, a lot of studies have been done on the fact that when we're asleep all night long and you know, just through respiration, we lose so much water, how much better we feel, how much less we'll eat, how much clearer our brains work if the first thing we do when we wake up in the morning is drink a couple of glasses of water. So those are some of the reasons why I've made it somewhat of a quasi health variable and habit just to drink a certain amount of water per day. But in these studies, nobody was really drinking that much. And when we did look at some of the studies that allowed extra water, then that's when people actually had a better correlation with increased weight loss. And it all had to do, you could almost measure a perfect causal correlation with a higher urine dilution. So the people who had the most diluted urine, so, you know, when you go to the bathroom and it's like clear versus cloudy and so forth, like that's an indication like, wow, I better drink more water, or at least I hope you think that, you know, you want to see a pretty clear stream of urine. And chemically looking at that urine, when the the more diluted it is, meaning the more water consumption someone is engaging in, those were the people that have all of these study variables and the hundreds and hundreds of effect points that they discussed, Those are the ones we can say, okay, we finally found a correlation. When you drink a lot more water, those people have greater weight loss. So forget about energy intake, forget about energy expenditure. Bottom line, is it helping me lose body fat? And because of some of those cellular studies looking at actual fat oxidation and lipolysis, the answer is actually yes. But let's let's look at a couple more things. This particular meta-analysis or literature review, they ended saying, we still don't have some great answers. Like, it's not 100% definitive. There are too many populations and contexts where it's just still a little loosey-goosey for us to say that there's this massive correlation. But after this was published in 2015, there have been actually a couple really, really good studies. And and I think a lot of times it takes a meta-analysis like this to clarify things and compartmentalize things. And then so other researchers come in and read that and say, okay, now we know if we look here, we may find a better answer. So I I think this actually spurred some better research. And there was one really, really conclusive study that showed that if you drink, um, I think, let me see, you guys are covering that for me. I think it's... 500 milliliters, yep, 500 milliliters, uh, 30 minutes prior every single meal, those people did have significantly more body fat loss. So that's another one of those check marks we can put, you know, where, where we have some dogmatic answer. Uh, we still know that results are comparatively conflicting so that an awful lot of researchers are saying, you know, I can't say this really going to help you lose body fat but at least we know it's good for all these reasons not only for other elements of health that we're not even going to talk about in the scope of of today's chat um but not only is it a good thing but more water created more body fat loss specifically because of that that fat oxidation you know in adipose cells themselves And then the last two points that I would bring up, you know, as I looked through all of their categories and even, you know, I would, I would look at some of their citations because they had obviously hundreds and hundreds of citations studies that they were including in their literature review. Every once in a while, I would go check one of those out because I really wanted to see, you know, what the actual measurements were. And in the places where there were highest correlations, there was just not only a higher amount of water consumption but very, very consistently. So the studies that would tell people you must drink this much water at these intervals per day, that's where we got better correlations. And then, you know, also one thing that kept recurring was that the timing, the more people would consume water between meals at rest in a fasting state. So, you know, the the people who would try to drink more water with their meals or try to really kind of gorge themselves on water instead of a meal If you just kept hydration really, really consistent and high in between meals, that was a place where you almost got every single one of these variables up to maximum capacity, meaning uh, energy intake. If I'm constantly staying hydrated, I'm not going to misinterpret hunger or, or hydration for hunger, I should say. I'm probably going to be able to extend my fasting windows between meals a little bit more because I'm not getting quite as much hunger because of volumetric effect, as well as, um, just, just keeping, you know, hunger at bay. Um, and then, you know, even for people who are doing any type of exercise, it, it keeps you from being dehydrated more often. So then you get that effect of not just oxidative rate cellularly, you know, in between meals, but then you even for mitochondria in the muscle cells and your, your energy output for exercise induced thermogenesis that improved. So the bottom line, if I were going to say after all of this stuff, compiling every single study we could possibly find categorized by this, this literature review, it comes down to doing probably what we already knew anyway, which is to stay hydrated at, at a level. I wouldn't say that's painful, uh, you know, you don't want to. You don't have to force two gallons a day, but you know, knowing what a normal intake is around fifty to sixty four ounces a day. If you can get up to one hundred, you know, hundred to one hundred twenty eight ounces a day, you know, some people, especially in the summer and when you're exercising a lot, I think you can get even a little bit higher. And it's really consistent through the days uh, or through the day. I, I think that really helps a lot. What I what I took from this that I think will will. Hopefully, leave a lasting impression on me is that the timing and the consistency matters. And it definitively answers the question that direct body fat loss is increased with optimal hydration, mostly through that direct fat oxidation. So several weeks ago, when I said, we'll be looking at topics like this. And I said, I think if water does help you lose body fat, it's probably because each cell is just more efficient when it's better hydrated. That's still the driving force. Yes. Some people will just eat less because they're more hydrated. Yes. Some people have a little bit more energy and have more energy expenditure because they're better hydrated. Yes. You know, people will have more of a, a diluted urine, which could signal some metabolic efficiency improvements. But the bottom line just comes down to every one of those 60 to 100 trillion cells in our body, just every single moment of the day being more efficient and, you know, the glucose clearing and so forth that I talked about on that particular slide. So I don't think this this week we had anything that's like too crazy thrilling. We're not going to walk away saying, wow, that blew my mind. But But I hope it gives us at least a little bit of confidence in, in the fact that water does have an impact and how. So that said, as I probably underwhelms you with this one, uh, any, any thoughts or questions? Maybe Kevin from a, a nursing standpoint, medical standpoint has, has some, some better reasons or better methods on how to stay hydrated.
1: Certainly not on better methods. Um, I'll say it's, it, what you presented makes a lot of sense physiologically. It's, you know, just for my own hypothesis, not looking into anything prior to it, you know, it's, you know, it pretty much matches what I would have figured, especially just basic. If you're, if you're providing volume, you should, would think that you wouldn't feel as hungry, but that's, of course, you know, there's always a, a tipping point on both sides of the, of the coin, but um, when you really get down to the deep part of the metabolism, how that affects me, I thought that was pretty, pretty fascinating. Makes sense. I, you know, but it's just fascinating for something so mundane. Um, but. So I, I was never that gallon holding person. I just, but I always take a water bottle with me everywhere. Just, just something compact. Just otherwise I, you know, I'm susceptible to getting headaches if I'm not hydrated well. So that's just an easy trigger or an easy trigger for me to prevent. So I will therefore take water with me or some type of liquid just so I don't get into that risk.
0: It it, it is funny you say that. I think, I think that does become kind of a good habit because you don't get stuck without it. I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm just that person where I have to have everything with me that I may ever need like a boy scout. Um, Mm -hmm. But there, you know, there are times when. You know, you're just I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just I always do have something with me, like a bottle of water just in the car. Um, I, this This is one of those innocuous points that I would just ask you guys and maybe it'll just cement some of this into play. Every time I feel inordinately hungry, like if it's in the afternoon or morning and I'm like, wow, I'm hungry and I look at the clock and I shouldn't be hungry. like this, I'm never hungry this early. I pick up my water bottle and it's full. I'm like, well, shit, no wonder, you know, usually I'm three fourths of the way through this thing. And I just, for some reason, I just forgot to drink water that morning. And so hunger really comes rolling in much, much faster. So I, I, I know that's anecdotal it's, you know, but it's, it's, it's true a hundred percent of the time for me, any time, um, So it's just another reminder for me, like sometimes when I just feel that hunger and I realize, okay, I I'm low, I will literally slam a full 32 ounces and it's like, okay, I'll, you know, I need to, that's, that's my penalty, you know, for, for not staying on top of it. And kind of keeps, keeps reminding me to keep that habit in there. Any other uh, thoughts or questions, guys? Go ahead, Stacey.
2: So I have a brand new client and she is insulin dependent and she does not like to drink water. And so she's wondering about adding like crystal light or something to her water that will improve the taste and get her to drink more, but not be counterproductive to her health or nutritional goals?
1: Hmm.
2: What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I I saw two questions you had posted. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't see those until now. Um, So as a meta or literature review, they did address that. So it wasn't just like one random study. They looked at, I mean, a lot of studies have looked at that. And the entire summation of information we have right now is that if you have something like crystal lights instead of water, it it shouldn't make a difference on energy intake or energy expenditure. Um, But I, I, you know, there, there are still other studies that show the more artificial sweetener you consume, the hungrier you are. So for those people, it's not going to it's not going to hurt energy expenditure, meaning just like cellular metabolism. So that's, you know, that's a non-issue, but overall energy intake, just the, you know, non-restricted eat whatever I want, or maybe I am restricted and it's, it, is it helping me be compliant or not, or maybe pushing me toward non-compliance Their their analysis was, it doesn't make a difference. So if somebody if it's either you're not going to consume water, or you're going to consume more water, if you have a little crystal light, I would take the increased hydration with the crystal light. Does that mean it's perfect? You don't know, no, because that could start increasing hypothalamic hunger. But at the same time, at least you took the first best step. You're increasing hydration. So then later on, if we can start having some water, you know, it's it's like my grandson. Of course, he would rather have Gatorade or apple juice instead of water. Um, but sometimes you just make them drink water, like you're going to drink some water. <laughs> and, you know, if you drink this amount of water, then we'll give you some Gatorade because you, you want them to not realize that everything has to taste like cotton candy and, and you know, candy bars. Um, but anyway, the hydration is most important. Your, your other point about caffeine or your question, you know, that's kind of gone both ways. You know, caffeine, of course, is traditionally used as an appetite suppressant, you know, those are like the first diet pills on the market. Uh, But at the same time, some people increases hunger because it just kind of trips you into a nervous energy. And some people who get a little anxious because they got too much caffeine, you know, for some people that causes increased food, but biochemically it tends to decrease it. But that, that has to be pretty, pretty high. You know, you have to have a pretty high caffeine dose to, to have a true appetite suppressant effect.
2: I guess my question was, you know, she's talking about the powdered packets of Crystal Light. Does anybody know of anything that is, you know, artificial, artificial sweetener-free, sugar-free that you could add to water that would incre- increase the taste or make it taste?
0: No. I mean, because it's either have sugar or artificial sugar. I mean, there's nothing else that's going to taste good. Like if you put, if you put pure whey protein in its form, in it just natural form, it's incredibly bitter. Like if you just took whey protein in your mouth, you would probably throw up. The only way it's even palatable is with some sugar or artificial sugar. So, you know, even like branch chain aminos, you think, well, I'm going to put in branched chain amino acids well that, that has almost more artificial sweetener than it does branch chain amino acids because, because those are also like, I, I guarantee you go buy powdered branch chain amino acid without any flavor and just stick it in your mouth and and tell me you didn't throw up. Like it is, it, it tastes like kangaroo powdered urine. Um, and so like you, you're, you're consuming, you know, more artificial sweetener than you are the branch chain. So, I mean, to get anything to taste good there's going to be some kind of a sweetener whether it's it's sugar or artificial
2: what about what about fruit or like cucumbers or strawberries or something like that to put into water you know you see it in spas all the time like why wouldn't what would be the harm in trying that would there be
0: Well, I mean, there, you know, it's going to be so minimal, the amount of actual glucose, but if you, you know, whether it's lemon, lime, cucumber, I mean, it's, it's, it's not even worth mentioning that there may be a calorie in a glass of that. But it's certainly not sweet. Like if I go to a hotel and I drink their cucumber water, I'm like, oh, it's nice. It just tastes like somebody put a little bit of grass, you know, in my drink. It's like it, it doesn't make me say, oh, I love this. It tastes so good. It, all they just tastes is a little bit of cucumber. But if they like that, like if you can talk them into enjoying that. But, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm totally serious, Stacey, that if it's between somebody having some crystal light with artificial sweetener, versus just not having enough hydration, you know, take the crystal light, you know, these, these studies were very conclusive in that the hydration was better and they just didn't find real negative side effects in large, in aggregate to the, to the artificial sweeteners. Some, some people, some people, like I said, some people would be a hyper responder. Um, you know, Justina mentioned even here, you know, what about alkaline water, just adding electrolytes. So some things you can do when you're just kind of messing around with the water without flavor, like, does that have, I, I, I don't know, like some people really do taste those little subtleties. And so, you know, it's like the difference between a bottle of water versus out of your tap versus is it room temperature from a refrigerator? Like some people really with those tiny, tiny little changes find water more tolerable. But I also, man, you know, I want to, I want to go to somebody like that, Stacey, and just say, okay, you're, you're diabetic, you're trying to lose weight. Is drinking water really the worst thing in the world? Like, I mean, talk about like paying a price. Like, I'm not asking you to get on a treadmill for an hour. I'm saying, just drink a glass of water. Like this will help you. If somebody's not willing to do that level of self-care, you know, probably a lot of other things you're not going to do either.
2: Well, I think that she is, but she's being very honest with me and telling me that, you know, this is her hurdles. I mean, she's she is 120 some pounds overweight, diabetic, high blood pressure, sleep apnea, CPAP. It she's got a lot of stuff going on and she's kind of been pushed through the system. She actually, you know, went to she's been going to an endocrinologist. She went to um she's postmenopausal and um she you know her doctor said let's go to a nutritionist you're going to not believe what this situation was she went and saw a nutritionist and they said okay eat this come back and see me in 90 days and she said i need i need someone to hold me accountable i need help learning how to eat correctly thanks charles and that's how she ended up with me. I mean, can you imagine?
0: Yeah, see me in 90 days.
2: <laughs> in 90 days. Yeah. In 90 days. And she's got all of these things going on.
0: Well, that's the all medical, of which
2: can be affected by nutrition. And that's weight loss. kind of a
0: medical model of taking care of a problem. Is sure here's this script, take it and come back in 12 weeks, or come back in 12 days, or if your lungs don't clear up, give me a call. But it's just like you know, check it off the list, give somebody something and move on. That's, that's why personal nutrition coaching is here. Like there are people, I, I have a new client who just signed up. This is a CEO of a fortune 500 company lives here locally. And he's like, look, money's not an issue. I can pay you anything you need, but I need, I, and I know how to eat. He said, I've been a stud in my life. I've done all this and that's, so he said, I've, you know, I need you to ride my ass. That's what he said. He said, I want to be in your facility three times a week. Tell me what to eat. I'll have a chef make it for me, but I need you to, 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 to be the coach. Like that's what I'm paying a coach to do is not just give me the right plan, but be an inspirational, communicating, motivating authority in my life. And so, you know, that's, that's why I said, Stacey, for somebody like that, I don't mind. I was on the phone or I was in a video chat with a client today." who's, who just finished his first month. And he's like, yeah, Joe, it's okay. I'm losing weight, but it's, I'm fluctuating here and there. And it's like, like yesterday I, my boss took me out and I got fish and chips because that's what she ordered. And I just thought, what the heck? And she's eating that. I'll eat that. And my friends were in town and I had a couple beers and this and that. He said, I know I could be doing better. This is an actor who's got roles coming up. And he said, I need to be this weight by summer because this is my career. And I said, well, then stop fucking telling me that you have to eat the fish and chips. No, you don't. Like you made that decision. You didn't have to do that. I had mm-hmm. that conversation with him verbatim, Stacy. And he's like, thank you so much, man. This is the talk I needed. This is exactly what I needed. I'm, I'm getting back on it Monday. So if I had to tell your client that you have to drink some water and that's the hardest thing you have to do this week, like that's the tough love some people need.
2: I've had the hunger conversation three times this week (laughs) because they're like, you know, I start to feel hungry and I'm like, you know, that's a good thing. I'm like, you, we've gotten ourselves to this place where we think we shouldn't ever feel hungry, but you need to let your body feel hungry and Mm -hmm. not think of it as a pain in your life. That's your body. And that's how it's designed to function, to let you know, it's time to eat. But But you almost have to tell them some of this stuff over and over because Mm -hmm. you realize how um, conditioned we've gotten to not feel hungry or feel pain.
0: I I had this conversation with my 19 year old daughter last night. It was so funny because she has to. So she's in an abnormal psychology class. This is what she's studying. And she has to defend, the professor gave them like different sides to defend. And and her side was she had to defend that today's college students either do or do not have increased pressure. Like, and so they need more anxiety medications, more Ritalin, more Adderall, more this, more that, more emotional support, kitty cats in the dorm. And I'm like, look, every single generation feels like the world is ending and, you know, they're, you know, they have all the pressure of the world, like, like literally compare yourself to World War II when, you know, half a million people are going into Normandy Beach and so forth. And I'm like, and tell me that you really have it rough, but it's all perspective. And so, you know, Stacey, I, I know what you're saying is exactly right. We have to, with clients... Continue to say some of the same things over and over because we can only act on one thing at a time. That's almost how our restraint has to be. And I, I'm i answering your question two ways like statistically, through research, take the hydration and the crystal light. Like let's take one best step at a time. Like
2: pick our battles.
0: But when I have to have that other talk, which is just drink the freaking water. Like it's not going to kill you. Like just slam a glass. You'll, you'll find out that it wasn't that difficult. Like then we can go on to a bigger battle. Like now all of a sudden it's going to be something else, but at least, you know, it's just one step at a time.